the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my manners. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments and say so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake and we're at a Christian festival and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Dark Side of the Scene. I'm your host, Brandon, alongside my buddy, Ed. Hi, everybody, once again. Hmm. Welcome back. Right. This is our uh, first uh, real episode. Well, it's not real. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is we launched the podcast today, even though this is our, what, eighth episode No, Something like that. Right. And... That's cool. You yep. still have your attention, you know. Yeah, we actually <laughs> got a lot more downloads than I kind of expected. I tried to keep my expectation very, very low, so I'm never disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it actually was surprising that we've have a decent amount of downloads for a first day launch for a pretty much not very well promoted podcast. I think it's kind of magical that all the shit talking i've done is now frozen in time for <laughs> later to be used against me it's forever out there right shit it is now part of the internet it'll never disappear unless we get the global takeover by the rise of the machines and oh then... god like i mean we're already there i was on my like phone all day mostly and if that's not the rise of the machine i don't know what to tell you because i'm exhausted <laughs> Biblical people say we're going to get a mark of the beast and it's an implant. I don't think it's necessarily an implant. I think it's whatever we have in our hand that we stare at all the time. Yep. Yep. That, that is the true mark of the beast. Damn it. That apple is a six. The apple's got the bite taken out of it, and that's the apple that oh. Eve bought in or bit into, and that's what ruined everything. You know, like, that's funny you say that because in most movies, apple and people eating them is a symbolism of... of overzealous cockiness people like you always notice the criminal or the bad guy eats mm -hmm. an apple with disdain and i'm like that's so messed up how they use it all the time in movies subliminal messaging yeah pretty much that's weird um i don't have anything to rant about for once i'm probably just it's been a long day for me i mean <laughs> i guess I my know. rant for the day would be oh oh okay <laughs> Just from the little bit of promoting I've done around here, a lot of people have taken this very seriously into the sense that this is going to do nothing but cause more issues and blackball bands and blackball musicians and cause a bunch of drama. My thing is... The podcast, right? Yes, this podcast. Okay. okay. Yes, this podcast. For anyone out there listening to this podcast, mm. there are people who are musicians 
that are afraid that this podcast is going to cause a negative impact on a negative impact, if that makes any sense. They would rather mm-hmm. have spoon-fed shit to them than try and make things better. They don't want to rock the cradle. We got a good thing going. Really? You like to pay to play? Like you like venues taking money from the merch you paid for yourself? All that stuff seems great to them. They like, I don't see how that, like, this is going to cause any issues. I think the mentality that they have is set in stone to where well, this is how it's always been. Well, guess what? Things can be better and it can always be better. And yes, it could get worse, but right. I don't think this is going to make things worse. It's not like we're constant doom and gloom. Right. There's been a lot of funny stories, a lot of positivity from the stuff we've got recorded. Like, it's not just. I think there's a big misconception of what this was entailed to, and I don't know if that's my fault for how I described it, but the intention is for people to understand what it's like for bands having to deal with all these problems. And maybe one day these stories out there will help bands understand how to deal with these problems and maybe make things better for everyone. Like, that's Mm. the whole point of this, in my opinion, and like in my mind, was to make a podcast for bands to share their stories as like a learning experience for other bands just starting out or for people that aren't involved in music to know through, like to know what bands go through, like maybe appreciate it more. It's true. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that makes sense only because, you know, we went through some crap with the, the beast and it's like, man, if everything else seems to keep be more positive, why can't this aspect of what we've been doing before, be more positive because it was never getting any better before all that shit either it was just like here you go deal with it (laughs) yeah and again that that's just a few people here and there they've like i don't see how this is going to help anything why don't you focus on the positives well then because you're brushing all the negatives under the rug and then nothing's going to change so anyone out there that is okay with having to pay to play or all the other stuff that I've already talked about, and we've already discussed before. If that's great for you guys, cool. Like 100% awesome for you guys. For everyone else that wants to see a positive impact, maybe something like this is what will help get that. But that's the end of my rant for today. <laughs> it wasn't really a rant. I feel like it's just something you just had to get off your chest. Yeah. It's, it's not, I guess, a rant in the sense of it's just me trying to maybe justify to myself of what I'm trying to do and taking the negativity that they're throwing about this being negative as justification of it's not supposed to be negative, but whatever. Right. (laughs) Well said, I guess you sound like a gruff cowboy today. I don't know. I picture you wearing a cowboy hat delivering this message. I'm rocking the cowboy hat and my shit kicker boots that are made out of rattlesnake skin. And uh, (laughs) I'm just wearing my assless chaps and my, vest <laughs> don't forget your red solo cup with mountain dew and yeah got the red solo cup oh, wait. My... oh the mount the alcoholic mountain dew remember i have to try some of that next time <laughs> i got me some whiskey in my mountain dew and a gross big old thing of copenhagen chew mm. nice <laughs> so yeah anyone out there still listening and haven't already said what the hell are we listening to and turned this shit off um mm. We do appreciate you guys. Like yes. 100, 100% definitely appreciate you guys. Without 
the support that we've already gotten from just this small amount of time. Um, it's actually pretty humbling. And yeah. then for everyone out there that's reached out, want to be on an episode, like we're completely booked for almost like six to seven weeks out already. So, and we're trying to do three to four podcasts for like interviews a week. So Ed and I are really busy, but at least write down your stuff. So you'll remember. And then when you come on, you'll remember what you were going to talk about because yeah. we, we were not forgetting you. We're just getting busy. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. So if you would like to be on a future episode, chances are it's going to be a ways off, but that's perfectly cool with us. We would rather have it this way. And in order to get on a future episode, you can send an email to me, send it to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com, and we will get everything sent to you that we need from you in order to get you scheduled on the episode. But tonight we are joined by someone who used to live in my area, and we actually played shows together years and years and years ago. And he reached out, not even aware that this was me, and he knew me. So it was kind of funny because I said, hey, dude, what's up? And he's like, oh, shit, I know who you are. I was like, yep, it's me. The guy <laughs> with the cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. so we're going to hang out here for a second and invite Tim on in here. So just sit tight and we'll be back with you in a second. I'd like to take this time to welcome Tim to the show. Tim, thanks for coming out and talking to Ed and I. Absolutely. What's up, Tim? Oh, just uh, hanging out in uh, what I call what we call the green room in our house. It, it's normally a dining room, but we don't really um, have dining parties, so it's just a bunch of cassettes on the wall and like gear haphazardly right now until I kind of uh, tidy it up to be a little bit more studio space. So this is one of the first ventures in my quote-unquote studio area. Sweet. Yeah. Wasn't the green room a movie with Patrick Stewart recently? It was like a that, horror movie. <laughs> that, man, I don't know. I usually I have no idea. <laughs> I think so. I'd have to look that up. But when you said green room, that's the first thing I thought of was like the bald Patrick Stewart <laughs> and uh, him being a bad guy. Now, this one's way on the nose just because uh, the walls are emerald green. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, there was a large green bookshelf in here so well the room I, directly behind where i'm recording is my stepson's bedroom that i just painted bright neon xbox green the whole nice. room is green yeah so i know i've got a green room in here so if i ever do green screen i'll just face his wall and then don't have to worry about a green screen i could That's do so many spooky green screen stuff just because it's such a dark color you'd have to <laughs> It barely barely worked, but I think the Xbox screen would probably be much better. Yeah. Yeah. Do uh, you uh sorry. Go so on. I've no no go ahead. It's fine. I know I forgot Tim, what I said. <laughs> I've known Tim for a very long time because when you actually reached out about this podcast, you had no idea that you actually knew who I was. It, well uh, yeah, I just because uh it was through uh another group that we follow on Facebook that, you know, I never, it's one of those things like, you know, that like other people are interested in the same stuff as you, but you forget like how close they are. So it was something for like one of Finn McKenty's projects and like, we, 
I was just like, that's a really cool premise. I'd love to talk about that. And then you were like, dude, I was like, I didn't even read the name. That's this is fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I saw it said Tim Neff comment. I was like, Tim Neff. It's like, and I clicked on, I was like, oh shit, I know him. <laughs> so it, it could have been like the the I think there's like another actor in LA and uh another guy doing music in Ohio. I think the I think that another one of us is rapper somewhere. Um, <laughs> I'm so. assuming there's a bunch of branded rights too. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's just easier to say I, it wasn't me. That's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what have you been up to lately with music? I know oh, you were man. involved years and years ago, but I think you've kept up with it. So what's some of the new stuff you've got going on? So right now I am playing prim- primarily me. I'm in two different groups. I'm in Antlerhead and then I'm in Quick Flower. Antlerhead is uh, more like post-hardcore, um, obviously a lot more singing, like focus on song composition. Um, Ty, who like sings and writes like like 99.99% of it, uh, has like he's got some great ideas great uh great lyrics that uh actually you know through being friends with him and being a fan of this of the music before i joined it's been really cool to be on stage playing the songs and having these other memories of me just like kicking it in my van (laughs) listening to that record um and then my other group is uh, quick flower and i do vocals for that group um and that one it's uh probably the easiest way to describe it is like a sassy deathcore um it's really heavy really chaotic um all the vocals and and lyrical ideas are kind of like this hodgepodge of um looking at pain and trauma and frustration through a comedic lens and uh, rather than it being the, um, you know, beat down, like, I'm going to destroy everyone in this fucking neighborhood because I'm an asshole. They all suck. <laughs> you know, rather than that, it's the uh, it, you get something more along the lines of someone who everything that they're saying is something they may have just jumped out of a car, like nearly uh missing you know hitting someone on a bike you know it's like what the fuck man can't you fucking see you know like you know sweet shit did anyone besides me in that black suv witness that asshole and athleisure and poses right away miles the fuck away from a fucking bike lane you know shit like that and it's really sorry with with a name like quick flower sounds like you're doing like coffee shop hardcore i don't know Uh, it sounds like a peaceful name it, it's a it was a wi-fi password uh we were th- this is what you do if you can't decide on a band name you all go and you just spend some time at one of the homies house and then when everyone goes to log in you get the password and you realize shit that's the best name we've heard so far so that's our band name most of the passwords are like one two three four seven eight i don't know something crazy i mean mine says silver lake i mean (laughs) i don't i don't know if i'm gonna do a silver like 
project okay. anytime soon, but you're more than welcome to. <laughs> good. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Silver Lake because spoiler for anyone out there listening that's uh, yeah watches The Last of Us, but that name was dropped in the episode last night. So yeah, and like, funny. Uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and I just thought it was funny because Silver Lake's a real town not too far from us. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't well, seen it. Oh, well, uh no spoilers here, but I will say Damn. that there there is a a little bit of a theme um from from what I at least I came prepared to talk about that actually does tie into um a little bit of the Silver Lake thing. Um ties into younger days and uh now i just start i feel like i'm like as i'm talking i'm turning into a grandpa then it's like gather around me and like all of a sudden the fucking fire just appears and <laughs> i feel oh, like that yeah. all the time yeah <laughs> back in my day yeah it's funny yeah. when you mention the how you pick a band name because you brought this band name up earlier before we were recording the first band that I was in was called Gonococcus. And the reason it was called that is because we opened up a dictionary. It was a medical dictionary and we just pointed to a word <laughs> and the word happened to be Gonococcus. And it's like, well, that's the band name. And if it, anyone out there that doesn't know what that is, that is the germ that causes gonorrhea. Oh, that's <laughs> why your cock is gone afterward. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and it it was awesome playing the same bills at like, it, cause like it, <laughs> it's a total death metal name too but like it would be like gonococcus allegiance obviously suspicious so close to nothing it had like it just it stuck out and i really really wish that there would have been more documented from that time that was an era of before everyone had phones and recording capabilities and stuff like that but mm. there wasn't studios really to record i think we actually did record some stuff but that's been missing for 20 plus years now which i am kind of happy that it is missing because looking back now at myself and the music we were playing which was nowhere near good because none of us really knew anything we were all pretty noob when it came to playing yep. and did you, I say noob? did you say noob i said noob i haven't heard that in a while <laughs> I'm old i school. guess we're yeah, we're gonna kick it old school tonight. Nice, uh, yeah. Welcome to Old Man Mondays on Dark Side of the Scene. I'm probably <laughs> older than both of you, so yeah, I'm, I'm older. <laughs> I'm old. I, I just turned thirty nine. I'm forty three. Ha oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, no, I just sorry. I'm the baby then. So. Oh, uh, that's cool. But, but I mean, with this, you know, like it, for some reason, like the alternative music like ages you weirdly too like so just last summer um i was doing a run with antler head and we brought this young photographer out a real cool cat named chandler love that kid but literally when i say this he was like an 18 year old kid and mm -hmm. this was like one of his first runs and shit and uh we were driving from at this point i think we were going from chicago to omaha um, and we had this really awesome uh, opportunity to play the the emo night in Omaha, Nebraska, where Aaron Gillespie did an acoustic set for the actual event. And then we were like some like 
when they have bands playing, it's always like you are like the hidden secret in the second bar. So like you're playing for everyone who's like tired of waiting in line for a drink. Uh, it's still cool. Nevertheless, it was really awesome. Um, but on our way there, God, man, I'm really bad at telling stories <laughs> on our way there. Uh, one of us decides to put on under oath record and Chandler's like, who is this? You know, this is, this fucks. This is, this is cool. We're like, it's under oath. He's like, yeah, man, this is, this fucks and i was like they, they better they've been at it for a while and he's like oh is it like oh, well how old is this band and then he tells us you know he's like well i was born in 2000 and i was just like or i was born in 2002 and i was like dude i saw under us before you were fucking born <laughs> what that, that in- shows yeah that shows his age when he says this fucks yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Is that like a new thing that people are saying? Because yeah, I like I'll fuck I... with that. I'll fuck with that. Yeah, I yeah. Fuck I that. fuck with that. Fuck with this or get the fuck out. Yeah, like. <laughs> but yeah, it fucks. You know, <laughs> bang it. I uh, watched Silicon Valley and I always cracked up when the dude was always like, "This guy fucks." So I wonder <laughs> if it's a play from that because I was like five or six years ago. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. but yeah. possibly. But um, yeah, so I I definitely felt incredibly old in that moment where I had been part of you know this thing longer than someone who you know was getting into it had been alive, and it's like I think I might die on the way home from being <laughs> old. I think <laughs> I think I played my first show. What was it? it was, I think you were there too. It had been like two thousand one, two thousand two time frame. Yep. I was still in high school and I graduated in 02. So it had to have been that <laughs> right before I graduated. Yeah. I think it was at Jim's books and beans, uh, probably in the basement. Yep. Did you ever play upstairs? We played upstairs where the books were all at. And then we played down the basement a few times. I actually have bad memories about all those shows because, and I have addressed this not on any other episodes, but I've always had like, I just felt like because we weren't necessarily from through high school, we were kind of not in the little cliques that were going on at the time. And now granted compared looking at it now, back then I took it all personally, but now looking at it, I was like, yeah, I understand why everyone didn't like us because we fucking sucked. Um, (laughs) But Back then, I just took it personal. Like, no one wanted us to play shows. They spit at us when we were on stage. That's what I still harbor the most. Like, why the hell were people spitting on me? Like, my first few shows, I had people spit on us. And they were all buddies with the two main bands that always played. And I think that's why there was so much bad blood and, like, stuff between me and some of the other people there. Because when someone spits on you, you don't really just be like, oh, it's cool. So right. I kind of, I kind of harbored a grudge back in the day about the assholes that were spitting on us and making fun of us. But looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, I understand it. I've gotten older. I also think like the beast helps that, you know, that you don't want to really spit on anybody in public. Cause then, you know, you'll get arrested it, probably, yeah. you know, like, it, yeah, yeah, that's, I think that shit is that felonous. Is that a, it, I think it is these days. Yeah. It's... Attempted murder. 
Oh, shit. Thanks, Beast. You did something positive. Although, I gotta say, I feel a little bit better knowing that I'm better protected from those with halitosis and slobbery, you know? <laughs> so, like, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. And that time, like, I mean, kids are fucking cruel. Adults are cruel, too. But, yep. um, yeah, actually, you know, even being part of that that scene uh i i didn't fit in you know uh it was like uh there were times where like uh you know i i played guitar because i could play guitar not because i was anybody's buddy you know mm-hmm. kind of a thing and uh from that like i think there's definitely um over time, I took it as like me just kind of cutting my teeth and it proving to me that this is what I wanted. Um, but as I say that out loud, that feels very uh, beauty and the beast. So <laughs> uh, I think with all that, I think that, that there is something to be said about uh, navigating toxicity. And that's actually kind of what I wanted to talk about was like the like my journey through um, the toxicity of being in a band and being in social dynamics that um, maybe mean well, but don't do it in practice or when time comes to practice, uh, they're not even texting back, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how familiar you are with peru ed i just heard there's a circus that's all gotcha (laughs) gotcha fair enough i mean uh he played here in what three or four years oh yeah yeah i did i played that i played there and i I booked you i remember coming a weird way like why is there like a mountain range road here i don't know it's weird i don't know what i'm talking about yeah yeah you came down like mexico road or whatever that's weird it's like where the hell am i I don't know. I found I mean, it kind of strange. You went through the void, came out. I guess. Started. I guess. Peru is the void. I yeah. I I mean, like it, it's a very strange valley town. Um, it has a lot. I mean, like it even has like one of those Bob and Tom songs from some dude that you know, you can eat, drink, and pray in Peru, Indiana. <laughs> and, and like at the time that like Brandon and I were coming up, it kind of turned into you can eat, drink, pray, uh, work at Chrysler, uh, get addicted to heavily addicted uh, addictive substances and probably die before 30 or pick up Air Force play, girls, pick up Air Force girls or play music. Mm. And some of us dabbled between the, the differences. You know, I definitely I was in that place where I. I did the uh, the eat and and play music and go to church thing, um, but even as like growing as a teen and um, being part of a music that had like so much life in it, and that juxtaposed with what was supposed to be a belief system that was all around life being a very dead feeling thing, um, you know that that raised some eyebrows as a kid, and you start. Um, learning about all these other different genres and and artists and um, 
struggles from different places and not just America, but around the world, the, the, the further you dig into, um, I just like punk and hardcore in general, but all that, that entire umbrella of decades and decades of decades and decades, but decades and tons of recordings and thoughts. And, um, so you have this place where like, it becomes like that becomes the, the public place for the meeting of minds. And so I found myself kind of being this guy that was, I had been indoctrinated to proselytize, you know, like I got to go out there and win souls for Jesus, because if I don't, the world's going to burn. And so that was that how you were raised or this is later? Yeah. 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 Sorry. I I totally I am not very good with uh, keeping time on this. Uh, Yeah. So Peru is has a very uh religious activity and so like there's i feel like the more south is it's that way and i don't understand why but yeah (laughs) Uh, i think the the largest thing is like the way of keeping up appearances and uh Mm. a way of community outreach that um really focuses on the fellowship end of it but maybe not so much as the you know feeding the homeless bit Mm. um you know so like it's more of about you know keeping our ourselves moral but really that's that's everyone shitting and farting in the same room without a fucking toilet you know <laughs> like it, it, whereas you know a lot of times i found myself in um i would play these i would play shows and this this goes over my entire life because of i i did try to have a career and uh, Christian music, um, where, uh, you have a lot of conversations around the show at, you know, before the show at the show, after you played and, and then there's the long talks with whoever else, you know, is able to stay at this person's house. Um, you know, maybe it's one of the other bands, maybe it's another band that played, you know, a couple towns over and they're on their way to the next one. And this just happens to be, almost a fucking truck stop at someone's house for bands and you go back and forth on um, very serious matters not intentionally but you know the moment that it gets tossed out you know it's like yeah we're a christian band and this and this and this and all of a sudden like you, you you start hearing a lot of struggle from people and the, the thing that I think a lot of Christians would do is they would take that as like some kind of personal attack that like, you know, this, this vendetta is against you of why I'm hurt. And that's not the case at all, but really what it is is that I'm getting tired of being hurt and no one having anything better than empty words and empty promises for me. And so like you go on and and you keep seeing that and um, you know, there, there's so much of like cutting your teeth and dealing with people that even inside of what you're doing, you would think would be supportive, aren't, you know, uh, another part of Peru is, you know, in its surrounding towns with these places um, and their practices and, you know, some places being more conservative than others, there was actually multiple times as a teenager i was having to defend 
my own quote unquote music ministry because I was doing Christian punk and hardcore type stuff. And I would get brought with, you sound like a demon, you know, like that, that that's a demon music. Uh, you know, the Lord doesn't sound like that. And this, that, and your other. And it, and it, that those conversations as stupid as they are at, and those points in time, when you really feel like you're trying everything in your power to, to, be positive mm-hmm. and that's what you're being met with it's it's just gutting it's just usually a guy with an acoustic guitar saying like his his word of the lord and songs of the lord are more powerful than what you're doing right basically. right uh, right ah that's weird and like the same message but i guess not to them huh no and like <laughs> and for and me that actually like sparked a huge thing in me for what I continue to do and the type of hardcore that I was uh, diving into and finding myself be the regular of. And like at this point in time, you know, it, this is mid to late aughts Christ core stuff. So like, um, you know, if for the jumbled bunch of that, you know, this is, these are the kind of places where you see someone get real fucked up in the pit and then like after the show like the band is praying over someone's broken leg you know like it that that was the norm did it work uh you'd have to ask them i was gonna say what's the address okay i mean (laughs) me personally in a situation where i found myself like this uh i believe we were praying for a black eye to go away (laughs) uh because our dude got jacked in the face um and you know it was one of those things that even at the time by then i was just like okay there's a fucking level here guys like (laughs) like there's there's something like off because um on the other side of that like even though you've got like that ridiculousness you do also have, and I think that you still see this across any genre where the music is vulnerable um, and the artists, I guess, or and their participants would be vulnerable enough to do this, but where, you know, people actually have an emotional reaction, a visceral reaction to what they see and hear. And, you know, th- there was a part of me that had gone from you know, having uh, searching out violent visceral reactions like a la Gigi Allen or um, Dillinger Escape Plan, Norma Jean even, Hmm. Um, you know, you know, they're not per se violent, but they're chaotic looking live. And so, you know, you're getting those kind of reactions. Whereas um, by the time I uh, was in a band called Dear Brother, that would have been 2007, I had pretty much come to this place where I wanted this band to basically be a church, like a hardcore church service for kids that didn't feel like they could go to church on Sunday mornings. And mm-hmm. the, the irony and the, and of this, and this is kind of like how like we worked in tandem with churches is that like, that would be part of our outreach is that we'll come play your town Saturday night, but you need to like set us up with like places that, these kids can actually like get Bible studies or something. Um, hmm. So like, you know, we did altar calls and, and like, I, 
you know, the thing is, I'm very aware I speak a lot. So I just see just this long wave on my computer in, in red of just me talking forever. No, so, we're, if, no. So if at any point, you know, it's like you need me to stop and. No, it's, just, it's your story. You want you want to get it out. How? Yeah, how but I'm tar- you. Yeah. I'm Tarantinoing this shit right now. So. <laughs> well, you got to give everybody an idea because nobody knows. And and again, yeah. this isn't like bashing on Christianity at all. We're just hearing a different story and their viewpoint, like yours. Yeah. I will make a a comment. I've always thought Tim was mm-hmm. one of the most legit when it came to the Christian music at the time because a lot of bands were claiming to be. I know for a fact that some of them were not what they claimed to be. And I always thought Tim was the only one in certain bands, even the ones that he were, was in back in those days. He was the only one that was authentic. Thank you. I definitely have my demons, but I try. And right. I think I think that's now in my age. Like That's the only thing that I can really ask of anyone else and inspire anyone else to do is just fucking try. Can you try not to be an asshole? <laughs> oh, man. If, that, if anybody... If anybody listened to that, you know, it'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I do quick flower now. It's basically an antithesis of what I was doing before. But mm. um, to me, hardcore was so growing up in a church and, and even um, at the point of uh, my dedication as an infant, um, it was prophesied that I would be a pastor. And so there's like this weird expectation your whole life with that too. You know, it's like, why are you yelling and screaming? Like, shouldn't you be like going off to (laughs) Wesleyan or something? Like all your friends went and like, sometimes, you know, like you, like you keep up with your friends that are smart. So why, why are you fucking like, well, they're not going to say why you fucking with this, but like, you know, just didn't understand that there was also a labor of love for the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the thing that I had always loved about hardcore was that um, w- when the time and place came for speaking about important things, that time and place was respected. Um, and it wasn't just a hey you know we got so many songs or you know we got merch in the back and those things you know those are very integral to being in a band too because you gotta pay the fucking rent Mm -hmm. but um hardcore and punk always like set aside a time for for something very very important and um sobering when you would hear it you know, you have all these meatheads, sweaty, half bloody, and then all of a sudden, you know, the tone in the room changes and it's like, guys, we got to talk about human trafficking. This shit's not a fucking joke, you know, and in that, yeah, some people would see that as, you know, like the buzzkill at the music breeze, but like the music wouldn't be there if it wasn't for like these passions inside of us that that are just fucking enraged and so trying to marry that with the belief system i had at the time um it it was it was hard but i think the hardest part about it was the people that you would expect to be excited and be on board 
for some of the simplest things may be the hardest to to sell on it because you know oh my gosh these guys have got tattoos and piercings and they wear all black i've played shows where the pastor has told people that they have to take their piercings out before they get on stage but um i've you know we've been asked to cover up tattoos we've been asked to not play certain songs actually one of my first Christian hardcore bands when I was in high school, we got kicked off of a festival because our song was too violent and, and content, even though it was about the death of Jezebel. So it's, it's that distortion, man. It scared him. I mean, like in hindsight, I, I can totally recognize that, you know, you've got a bunch of teenagers, you know, that are, they sound angry. You read the lyrics and they keep talking about all this dark imagery of one way or another. You know, it's not, you know, if we're talking about flowers, they're covered in blood. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's never a, everything is shiny. Everything is happy. It's going to be so fucking awesome. When I die, I'm in, you know? Right. So uh, you were saying that you were supposed to be a pastor, right? Yeah. So, so like, did, did your was that instilled in your parents? I mean, were they did they like your path that you went through went to instead? So that's yeah. where yeah, that's a fair question. And it, this is once again, this is like kind of like the the weird. Um, I'm, I feel I felt alone in a lot of these circles because mm. uh, I had a single mother until I was ten. Okay. Um, I didn't meet my biological father until I was 18 and I grew up with my parents on a farm and my grandfather was a very devout man. Mm. And so, so he was the type that he would do like his own personal Bible study over a bowl of Wheaties and then <laughs> do farm chores. And then, you know, on Sundays, wake up at three in the morning, making sure that his Bible study made sense to all the older people, which by the way, I got to toss out to my grandpa that he led a Bible study for like seniors and he called them all the jumping off crowd. Hmm. So, um, so like you see those things, but there was a lot of like kind of just dissonance in um, my home life for that to even be on the radar it's it i don't mean to sound weird or dramatic but it's kind of like being orphaned in your own prophecy i guess you know it's like people are saying like yeah he's gonna grow up to do awesome things and then by the time you know like someone's changed the fifth diaper it's like this kid shits too much so or my life so you know um there's a lot of that insecurity too. So like, you know, and when you're dealing with um, all, like all these things that have like put this anxiety and this pressure on you, shit gets really crazy, really fast inside your head and out in the world. Hmm. Because, um, and that, you know, because of trying and I, I'm very thankful and I'm, I'm very like flattered Brandon that you felt that way about me but I I always felt like I was like kind of like the asshole that just pushed people too far on things like and you know and 
in Christian culture, that that's pretty regular, but especially like when you got into Christian hardcore and now like you're also talking about how that like kind of brushes up with like straight edge culture, you know, it's like, you know, you get guys that are legit, like ruining friendships over things that normal adults do that isn't terribly consequential. And I would just, uh, when not to interrupt you, but my thing about it all was there were certain bands that were using the moniker of being Christian bands because back in those days, that's what was popular. Oh, yeah. And I always just felt like out of all the people, you were one of the only ones that I actually believed was a real Christian trying to actually spread the word. And it's not that it affected me. Like I came from a Christian background myself, like my family, they all still go to church. I clearly don't, but (laughs) it was something that I was used to. So it never really upset me. The only thing that ever bothered me was when someone would go, which I've said on other episodes and spend like 15, 20 minutes in the middle of their set and then continue to play shows, but they give a sermon <laughs> and then run out of time. And the other bands are like, yeah. you guys going to shut the fuck up. You've still got to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we got time for one more. It's like, you were done 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, no, no last song guys. And it's like, I, I have a very, very, very specific memory of, something like that happening and I'm not going to drop names, but did it happen in the high school cafeteria? I remember that show and I don't remember that whole instance. One of ones, there's a certain band. They're not a band anymore. And it's not that I'm afraid to say their name because I don't really care, but just for the sake of keeping things somewhat civil, because I still know some of these people are still, around here and oh rather yeah not, rather not cause pointless drama from shit 20 years ago <laughs> but they would just the vocalists would go on and on and then they would still want to play shows and it was i get it if that's your thing and that's what you're trying to do that is awesome that's great that's what works for you guys but like just be like hey come talk to us afterwards this is why we do this, this is what we're doing come over and talk to us we'll talk more don't preach for so long to where it makes other bands not be able to play at all because you've ran out of time because you've went off for like a 40 minute fucking sermon yeah and my thing whenever it went in those places was that i never i didn't find it as egregious if it was more hopeful and building than it was uh you should be convicted. Like you should really be thinking about your salvation. If you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? You know, like, Mm. because to me, like, once again, like it's, there's all these fears and insecurities that, um, within faith systems, uh, you know, some of it just gets really out of whack. Like it starts to control your, your daily life like shouldn't like the things that like oh should i take this specific key with me today like you start asking yourself all these strange questions of just menial tasks and then 
you know, that I think is indicative of because at the at night when <laughs> you're having trouble sleeping and you're really asking yourself hard questions, it's just it's so much and there's so much guilt and there's just so much um, pressure that we put on ourselves, I think just, you know, um, from person to person, a lot of times, you know, we care too much what other people think, or maybe not enough, and then we don't deal with it. And, you know, now we got to think about that. But um, people spiral. And I, I think that seeing that in, in real time, and that scene was very eye opening. Um, and at the time, you know, I thought that, you know, it's like, I got to rise to the occasion, I got to be more holy. And, um, and so there for a while, I actually gave up touring and, and playing, you know, a lot of music, because I, I focused on doing music for a church. Um, but even then, I was in charge of a lot of like the teen functions music. So I would actually have the teens learn church friendly versions of christian hardcore songs huh on, and, on, a, on acoustic guitars or something um i mean we'd have like full yeah. band but you know like um case in point um sleeping giant has a song called tithomy and it's basically a b minor the entire time with like a few riffs thrown in and you know when you say that to a high schooler with a piano they can pretty much understand it's like b minor we do this walk down just keep doing that for five minutes at the end we're just gonna hold b minor you know and uh you know you find ways to kind of rearrange some of these songs but thankfully um some of the buddies that i had had already had like some of those softer songs so um you know we did uh Talmudim from Four Today. Um, and that's that last track on that Portraits record. And, uh, you know, so seeing, you know, always trying to kind of keep that energy and that spirit alive of hardcore within me and everything that I do. Um, even if it is kind of cringy at times, I, uh, <laughs> you, you learn, you know, it's like, those two flavors don't go. Don't do that again. <laughs> so you're basically like the band director. I w yeah, I was I like was Jack Black, you know. It, it with, with Yeah, it was Jack Black at a church. It was Okay. Yeah, so now that I think about it, that's probably way more apropos than I want it to be because <laughs> I'm sure someone in the church would have been like, he would have stage dived if we let him. Which is true. <laughs> well, oh. the other kids to catch you. Yeah. Hell, there's three there's three hundred kids from all over the Midwest in this sanctuary. There you go. Yeah. I do remember you were always one of the more entertaining people to play live. Like you threw it down and you didn't give two fucks. Well, like I mm. thank you. But like in that and this is a conversation that I've had with some friends over the years, and you know, now that Playing with Antlerhead and Quickflower, um, we kind of all have this idea of like when you're playing music and especially performing it live, one of the most important jobs is to make people that you want to hear it give a fuck about what's going on. 
So mm-hmm. like, if you're bored by your own music, why the fuck would anyone else be shitting themselves? Thank you. I've yep. said that forever. <laughs> yep. So so like, and you know, with Antlerhead, I get to party. So like, I'm playing. Um, I do run tracks, but I also am like using synthesizers, like in an MPC format. Um, I play bass on some songs. I shake tambourines and sleigh bells. And other times, you know, for a couple of bars, I might just shake the shit out of my ass. Yeah. Because because <laughs> I'm in party mode and, you know, there's, I don't have anything to do right there at the moment except for shake my ass. Um, Hell yeah. And then with Quick Flower, um, with that, because of it being this, you know, really making people feel safe, but not safe, safe. Um, so one thing, you know, is like, hey, you, no one here should be like a shit about you know, race, gender, preferences, name it, you know. But, you know, what's a little blood between friends? You guys like want to fuck each other up? There's a floor. <laughs> like, you know, and so, um, you know, having those places and it it's the one time where I'm in public or semi-public and I can act like an asshole with a microphone and people will leave me alone about it for 20 minutes. So it's my 20 minutes to get in all the things that I really feel like I just want to sit down and yell at someone, even though I know that that's not conducive. That's not conducive. Like if I came on here and was just shouting the entire time, one, I'd probably sound like Gilbert Godfrey, fucking Bobcat Goldthwait. And then, you know, the other is like, I didn't understand a single word. He just sounded... sound like TJ Miller, if anything. <laughs> All right. Hmm. All right. I'll take that. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, it's, you know, just taking, uh, I don't want to say taking advantage of it, but like being fully aware of that moment and, and going for it, because if you don't, you got to wait at least another 24 hours. And that's if you're touring, mm-hmm. you know, most, you know, most of the time it's until someone in this room liked you enough or you beg them enough to come back, you know? So, you know, and that's, that's the thing with music. When you go and you see it, you want to be entertained. You yep. want like, and, and this, that goes with, you know, from, I want to hear it from across the bar while I drink beer and talk shit about work with my coworkers out, you know, away from it all, you know, on the other side, or, you know, it's Friday night and I'm clocking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So. I think a lot of people that play music for the most part, obviously it's their hobby and they, it's what they do. It's what their release is from normal life. At least that's how I've always looked at it. It's their chance to get out there and be themselves that they can't normally be. But then right. a lot of people get embarrassed or nervous or whatever about that. So when they're performing, I've always looked at bands and some of my band members have been guilty of this as well. If it looks like you're bored, what is the crowd going to think? Is what I've always said. Like if yeah. you're bored, they're bored. 
Yep. And I was like, and they've paid to come, not necessarily, maybe not to see us specifically, but they've paid money more likely to come in here and watch us. So at least I don't care if there's a hundred people or if there's five people entertain yeah. them. Right. Yeah. This is a performance, not a practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And of course, you know, I've got to learn those balances because i've definitely fucked up myself you know shit just friday i took a fucking guitar to the face <laughs> oh hell no uh last summer and columbus i fucking bashed my head open on my my keyboard stand how the hell does that happen that's pretty wild uh <laughs> so uh the keyboard stand that i was using at the time uh is very it has hard edges for one uh, but it also had like these like side plate almost looking things that you could mm. like set other things on. And so I was holding on to my rig sitting on the table, head banging. <laughs> and I went to like move away, but like in head bang in one motion and my head just made contact with a corner. So, <laughs> oops. Yeah. This it's actually, uh, this, this part uh, actually happened at a Peru show. You remember the American Legion? Oh, yeah. There. I think it was the last show that they ever had there because for some reason, someone took a shit in the sink. And <laughs> I have a feeling I know who it was, because, but I, I, till this day, I will not rat them out because I didn't see them actually doing it. I just heard that's who did it. But Right, right. We played there, and our bass player at the time, he throwing down, and for some reason, he threw that bass backwards, and he clocked me right in the fucking oh, eyebrow yeah. temple and busted me wide open. Yeah, so, I forgot about that. So I ended up finishing that set, and I was like covered in blood. I was like, well, that's pretty fucking metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those things that in the moment, you're just like, well made for a good show you know? yeah yeah anyway, i look like one of those norwegian death metal or uh, black metal bands right i mean uh, dude uh cam from when i was in chinese express he uh he had burst a blood vessel or something in his nose Ugh. and it, it kept scabbing over because uh at shows he would pick it he would like turn his back to the crowd and pick his nose real quick so that he started the bleeding. And then he'd turn around and he'd just have like this, like mankind gush of blood down the front of his shirt. That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> what was gross was that he didn't wash the shirt. So it started to smell like death after a while. No like, death shit and BO like, no. <laughs> so um, actually it was up at a trip, uh, trip I can never pronounce this name. Chura Busco. We always just called it Busco. Turtle Town? Yeah. yeah. Turtle Town. They had shows there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing that I love about this is that th these were all like just like rented halls huh. from like good old boy clubs, you know, and then we bring our PAs in and fuck shit up and never come back. Yep. Um, <laughs> Where was that at in Turtle Town? I mean, it's probably a long time ago. Probably that matter. was at the Boat and Game Club, I think. I think that's what the name of it was. Hmm. Or know. no, that might. Um, 
that yeah there was like it, it was like one of the it was basically like for like a like hunters and fishers like mm. union hall type thing i was gonna say uh, like i have a friend that works at the bfw be like hey bring the shows back she probably wouldn't understand what i'm talking about and she's not into that stuff but it'd be funny to mess with her literally uh-huh. just let teenagers rent a vfw that have equipment that <laughs> that's literally like it that's all it was you know like that right. was all we could get because we couldn't get in the clubs i know? brought this up on another episode i think it was one of the last ones we recorded but do you remember when like the bigger bands came through peru like when as i lay dying came through before they were big and yeah they came through kokomo at uh fairfield yeah and then uh what was the one that played? I think you were the one that did Rocktoberfest. What was the one that yeah. played at the Isaac Walton? Wasn't it the one with the chick singer? I can't think of what they were called. Oh, uh, yeah, we did have Bloodline Calligraphy. Um, oh gosh, yeah, like we, we Bloodline... said it on the other podcast. Ed, do you remember yeah. who it was? It was. It wasn't Bloodline Calligraphy. It was like Walls of Jericho. Yeah, the oh, female singer. Um, that wouldn't have been my show, but. Yeah, I'm pretty. I swear I saw them at the Isaac Walton. Dang, but I don't remember. I remember who booked them, and I'm not gonna say who yeah. it is. But I remember yeah. who booked those shows because he was bringing a lot of bands through, and this was before they were like popular, like mm. what they be- ended up becoming. But yeah. I, I just remember like when As I Lay Dying came through, and then like a year or two later, I was like, "Oh shit, I remember that band." <laughs> yeah that's when their first cd started blowing up they got really huge and they'd just come through like our area not too long beforehand before they were popular dude that show the drummer broke his kick pedal the bassist had to borrow cj's uh cj from in the face of wars bass <laughs> um like shit kept breaking during their set um also like you know wasn't that- dead the fall on that show too uh, still breathing, okay. still breathe, still breathing, and that was another uh, female-fronted band that was on solid state years and years ago. I don't know what any of them are doing now, mm. but um, who knows? Maybe they'll play Furnace Facts next year. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, man, all those crazy shows, and uh, even that, uh, how that came about, I think was just um message boards you know like hey we have this small town that's right off of 31 and 24 so if you're like traveling through you know it's pretty easy to get to this spot and then um the older brother of the bassist of the band i was in um had made a connection out in jersey and so we were getting demos in bands like all the time and so that's how we found form of rocket and fuck that show is still one of my favorite shows at the union hall probably my favorite show at the union hall mm-hmm. the union hall is great now they tore that fucker down <laughs> yep now it's a parking lot <laughs> just still have a show there it doesn't matter around the parking lot i mean we played on the ground anyways because someone uh... broke the, someone broke the steps before the first band ever played there the last time I played there was in <laughs> two minus May in two thousand eight, and that was the show that uh, one of the other bands was witnessed 
unplugging our guitar player, like they unplugged his power, like someone's seen them do it and they told us who did it. And then I had said something about it and instantly, and they, this was another Christian band. They came outside where I was at and threatening to fight me. And he's like, I'm a cage fighter, dude. You really want to fucking throw down with me? I was like, I thought you were a man of God. What are you doing? <laughs> like <laughs> cage uh, fighter. Yeah. He kept throwing out as a cage fighter. My buddy, Sean was like, the fuck's that matter? He's like, it's like, just chill. Dude. I was like, we're not going to rumble out here in this parking lot next to AutoZone. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Dude. <laughs> wow. So, but yeah, that was uh, another good classic moment of these dudes that are supposed to be out there spreading the word of God, wanting to come out and throw down with their cage fight moves, I guess, on the big six foot, 350 pound twig kid. <laughs> nope. Wait, that. I do remember like another time that someone got dropped because they, once again, toxic bullshit of young bullshit boys, you know, um, and by no means am I like dismissing it. It's just the, you know, I, I think about myself as a younger person. I just like throw my hands up. And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. We all did pretty cringy things. Yeah. And, you know. But in that some of it, you know, it's kind of like so and so is there. Guess what happens? Like someone shit the tub. Someone shit the tub. <laughs> uh, so I I do remember another show that was at uh, the event center, which basically was where the first Rocktoberfest was, and then it yep. became uh, like uh, well, it was a furniture center, and then uh, actually uh, the teacher Gornto, Jason Gornto reached out to me about using the the old furniture shop for the show. And so that was probably my first, you know, ability or ability, my first like chance of like booking at a spot that um was that large. I had no idea what to do <laughs> with it. But uh years later there was another show and I remember I had rolled into town uh, I was living in Ohio, I think, at the time, and I rolled into town, and one of the guys that came with me uh, didn't take shit, probably should have took a little more shit, but I remember he comes in, and he's like, these two little fuckers wouldn't get off my hood of my car, and I was like, so? And he's like, I jacked him, we need to leave. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> that was, was like, definitely the probably one of the shows that I booked, because I was the one that was doing the shows at the event center. Like oh I, man! Like for it was in 2008 or 2009. I was the only one putting on shows in Peru, and I always did it at the event center because I could get the building for two hundred dollars, but I'd get a hundred dollars back. And then some jack off went and wrote their initials on the wall, tiny little spot, and they found it, and they wouldn't let me book it there anymore because someone damaged the wall. I was like, he literally took a black sharpie and wrote two letters and they were like not super big but big enough to where they could be seen and they freaked the fuck out west side yeah mm -hmm. I, well shit it's on the east side of broadway oh, so. true yeah it's on the <laughs> east side of broadway next to the courthouse yeah it's not even it's now it's a boutique store <laughs> we should have rocktoberfest 2023 in there just <laughs> I don't even know if people would come out these days because I don't think the young kids are involved with music as what they used to be. 
Yeah, I've I've heard a lot about I don't have kids, but I, I I'm I'm a professional uncle, so I hear about like kids kids these days just aren't into music, but um oh, oh trust me they're not. I've got four in my house at the moment from <laughs> almost twelve to going on two. And yeah, music stuff, stuff that I do, which I haven't done anything since the beast, but they uh Oh, they want up my band shirts. They want stuff like that. And stepson has on his his phone. He's got our CD on there. That's like the only CD he's got on there is "To Might Is May." I was like, "Yeah, well, whatever." His favorite <laughs> song is "Sexual Creature." I was like, "Of course it is." <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from you, Dad. Yeah, is this about you, Dad? <laughs> nope, it's about our old keyboard player. <laughs> I think it'd be even funnier. I don't, I don't know the lyrics offhand, but it's like. It's about your mom. Shut up. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but uh, it is actually kind of funny because he's to that age to where he wants to do your mom jokes, except he does it to his sister. He's like, hey, dumbass, stay mom. <laughs> yeah. Say- <laughs> mom. Yeah. 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 So. And, you know, it's like, gosh, okay, so like 12, 13, yeah, like we were already like going to see bands that bunker hill um that's where i played my first show damn yeah bunker hill community center um Mm. i think that would have been 2001 halloween massacre saw lividity and rupture christ and lust of decay and blockhead i know oh fog the the fucking Indiana black metal fog. I remember uh, all these names. It's like nostalgic hearing them. <laughs> dude, like being a kid at those shows, you know, you, you totally it, it's it's absolutely wild because once again, like, you know, alternative music is gets to be a bit of a wild west and or a rabbit hole, depending on which way you take. But you know, um being that young and like you know at that point in time you know we didn't have the streaming obviously so i think a lot of people forget like there were dudes that would just show up with like boxes of cds and shirts of bands that you would never ever get to see uh much less like records that would never be in your local store so you know you go to shows at fairfield and it would be um, I think it was half mass distribution. And so it would be like all this like Christian death metal and, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it was like the only place that you could get vengeance rising, you know, um, and then, you know, turn around and you go to shows with Rupture Christ and they've got the gore grind and the porno grind distribution <laughs> there too. <laughs> so I, I remember a buddy of mine, uh, had had copped a god we were such shits he had copped a handful of cash before we had left for the show and he went through the porno grind section and just like bought as much as he could and i was like are they are any of those bands good he's like i didn't buy it for the music and i'm like oh nice backup plan can i have the cds (laughs) (laughs) you take the booklets i'll take the cds Oh my! But yeah, it, wild times, man. <laughs> Just 
like there's a part of me that's glad that like a lot of the bullshit that like we saw and went through um you know i think as as people for the most part we're a little bit better we're like two percent better but um i don't know man i think one thing that is like stayed constant through all the the years is that when you go to see live music like you you need something else than what you've had all day and uh to to rob someone of that that gave you money to do that that's a fucking dick move yeah mm -hmm. so i think anyone taking money from someone in general just stealing is fucked up yeah. in general but yeah. ed and i this is kind of goes back to uh some of the stuff that we talk about on other episodes but and i don't know if you've dealt with this recently but i guess there's venues now trying to take cuts of merch sales have you heard of this shit Oh yeah, that's been around for years. Fuck, uh, you not know that what? I've ever experienced. I've never encountered uh, it. But... it uh, there was a joint in uh, Kettering, Ohio, um, and it actually it was a Christian venue. Huh? Yeah, I know. Give Soccer. your money to Jesus. Well, you know it. There's there... there's there's two sides of it that like, what? you know, like the thing is, is that if you are smaller venues and like obviously like these folks are hardly getting to the next town that's super fucked however like you know all these places that are corporately owned like they're more set up like something like a hoedown and a flea market <laughs> you know like you know you go to the amphitheaters and the pa is not there you know like all that production is brought in by somebody all that merch is brought in by somebody and so um all those types of places you know it's more of like the idea of like you're paying for this uh slot at this flea market if you will and then and, you know you get all your vendors and stuff and you're you're paying on that um i you know as a person like in commerce i can see how in on paper it it works but it only works for massive functions. It, it only works for when you've got hundreds, if not thousands of people that that remotely makes sense because of, you know, someone's charging a, a, a spot of their property to be used for sales that day. You know, um, you know, if you had the same parking lot that you brought in food trucks every day, um, I imagine unless you were, you know, fucking saint with a heart of pure gold, you wouldn't charge those food trucks to park there on your property throughout the day. Um, hmm. So, so there's like this business side of it. That's like, okay, that makes sense. But really it's fucked because, <laughs> you know, you're barely able, like a lot of these bands aren't even able to claim taxes half the fucking time. You know, and and that's with the ones that are trying to make it a business. You know, there's there's a weird bubble. You know, you've got the the folks that they're new to the game and they're trying their hardest to make this shit happen. But everything costs out the fucking ass. And so either you go broke trying to cover what you 
are you know your projected needs of your fan base um or you end up kind of beginning stalled while everyone's working uber you know it, or on the other side of it it make once again it makes sense go ahead like take merch cuts from taylor swift and tax the churches you know <laughs> like there's there's enough there like that's creating enough jobs in that moment because you know even even if the only way that the person who was running the merch booth that day got paid from the residuals of those merch cuts or you know the that time of or and, and par- parking space being rented out you know it paying that person's wage to do run the merch booth so that the band doesn't have to those kind of concessions make sense to me but um the rest of it it it's very very uh sharky very sharky and um i had buddies that uh played fire with fire and so they would actually leave a chunk of merchandise in the van and uh you know you'd have like a couple of layers and so each time you went out to like ha- grab a cigarette or whatever, you'd put on another two shirts of your own, walk in the venue and take those two shirts off and put them in the, in the tub so that your inventory wasn't recorded uh, correctly, which is sharky. But once again, if you've got six guys who are hardly old enough to rent a fucking car, and you know they're somehow supposed to create a career like something has to give somewhere and you know it, it there's no one on like stopping bands on the highway and saying hey do you guys have enough gas money can i pay for your gas you know yeah. like huh. good samaritans <laughs> Yeah. And so like it it has to come from somewhere, but you have to think about the scale of it or else you're cutting into people one way or another. I just, yeah, it's like, again, it's bad enough. The small band struggle. Like I, I would understand if you took it from like the, you know, Taylor Swift, for example, like she can afford it. It ain't going to hurt her any you know, she'll make that up the next day or that night. I mean, but right. the little people, I don't, I don't know why suddenly people want to take advantage of the little, the little bands at all. It's just, it baffles me. Yeah. I mean like 10% on a 10, $15 band shirt and you sell maybe four and you really, you want 10% of that. Right. Eat shit. Right. Like, yep. so, but once again, and and thing of large conglomerate and you know amphitheaters and massive coliseums you know there's people fucking working there's people like yes they are selling you a seven dollar beer however <laughs> hopefully the person who's pouring that beer is making them than seven dollars an hour and that and i think it wouldn't be as bad and as egregious if it was a little bit more considerate for all hands on deck mm. but it really just comes down to lining pockets of folks that are you know i'm tired of lint taking up space in my pocket need more money less lint 
Pizza. All I think about is fish sandwiches. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Reached in my pocket and all I got was this fish sandwich. Or is it is it is it fish Friday something like that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I thought so. I mean, I was born yep. Catholic. Kind of remember that stuff. Yeah. Also, uh, a lot of McDonald's know that if it's raining, to drop filet fish. Because uh, apparently, when it rains, I'm assuming the smell of petrichor makes people think of worms and fish. So <laughs> I don't McDonald's know. But... A lot more fish sandwiches on a mm-hmm. rainy days. Yeah, it's. I mean, and it's it's wild. I I know that that sounds like bullshit, but I. I worked McDonald's and I saw it and every fucking time it start raining <laughs> someone who is in charge would be like, you know, I need six fillet down and it's like, why? Why? You're all just superstitious and I don't know like maybe even they've got like some kind of in joke with the regulars like I don't give a shit if you're in the middle of work dropping off your kid if it starts raining come here and buy one of these shitty sandwiches. It's <laughs> true. Hmm. I'm not a big fish fan in general i don't like seafood really so i had i had one last night from like culver's on the way back home i had to get the walleye because it just sounded weird <laughs> the walleye <laughs> walleye Sa- sandwich staring back at you Do they fish i didn't, it out I didn't of look the at local, it local pond around here probably probably the, the sewage waste <laughs> had extra eyes it's, on it <laughs> it's, it's out of the wabash it's out of the <laughs> It's out of Ohio. Put them. Oh man! Don't piss off the people in Ohio. Well, sorry, they might be listening. Well, hey, hey, I'm thinking about your people. That's bullshit. Can't. Yeah. Aren't y'all for lovers? Yes, but <laughs> not not if your house stinks like toxic fumes. Huh? That that yeah. Now that I I would shit. I'd be shitty too. That wasn't their fault. That that trains crashed and all that other stuff Ed, just that's a sensitive topic you need to be more sensitive sorry i'm from <laughs> indiana I'm, I'm from indiana we're the shitty we're the shitty neighbor remember yeah. i thought it was funny that people through here were like i can't believe they're hauling all that toxic shit over through there on those train tracks like what the fuck you think goes through peru we literally have norfolk southern comes right through town it's yeah. a damn depot like it's the same stuff hauling through here as it was over there yep yeah you just don't half the time you don't know it though you're just Oh, it's just well, a yeah. tanker. Huh. Well, half the time when it's going through, we're just like, get the fuck out of here. I got to get to the hospital. They've yeah. got all the roads blocked except for the underpass on the main street. Other than that, you can't oh, get through town. God. Hmm. And like, I grew up by the train tracks. So like, like uh, when I left the farm, like grew up off of like West 7th. So like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, like if, if I hear train tracks at like three in the morning i'm like ah yes childhood uh not to be confused with this joint that played in chicago though oh my god um i won't say the name of the venue (laughs) but anyone that is listening to this if you reach out to me uh at tim neff on the web i will let you know it's uh it's in chicago it's in this like industrial park and it's right like across the street from a train uh, switching station. And so from the moment we pulled up to the moment we left, you know, probably like good somewhere to six to nine hour day, you know, 
when it's all said and done. The entire fucking time outside, it was just... And like it would stop, you'd be like, ah, and that. I think I could even hear it inside the venue. Like it was so fucking loud and so fucking constant. You totally got cut off. I was say, whatever you were saying, it went. It's almost like you were cussing, but like your signal died, went out. It was weird. (laughs) Oh, maybe for the best. They're they're listening in, and now they're monitoring. <laughs> not talk thought. shit about our trains. Oops, don't yeah. <laughs> they heard Damn me it. say something. <laughs> now they're yeah. my brother's already watching. I'm already being monitored because of my other podcast. Now they're already monitoring Damn this it. one. <laughs> right. Now this one's talking all crazy church stuffs. We but... can't we can't talk about trains anymore. We've got to call them something else. Oh, yeah. Neil Young's. <laughs> Neil Young's. We're next to the Neil Young's. Yep. I actually think the place that you're referring to, do you think that was what Steve was talking about, Ed, in episode two? Same place? Uh, No, because I think it was downtown where the trains actually go over. Okay. And I just know he said where they yeah. were, the, the trains over there. And yeah, I'm not 100% familiar with how shit goes on in Chicago. So neither am I. Every time I'm in there, I feel like. Like when you play a video game that you just got that had like all the levels, like this goes to show my age that like that you could choose different levels. You didn't have to, you know, earn them or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, like you remember like old Mega Man? It's like, I'm going to go after Cutsman first. <laughs> yep. But like, I feel like, like I just like every time I play Chicago, I get respawned in like someplace I've never been in Chicago. And I'm just like, you know, I have, you know, you're trying to tell people to come out and it's like, where are you? It's like, I don't fucking know. Because all the neighborhoods look the same. Well, like, literally, you'd be driving somewhere. I'm like, have I been in this neighborhood? They all look like the Cosby house. I shouldn't say Bill Cosby, but whatever. They all look like the Cosby show house or whatever the house they had. Yeah. I mean, well, that and it's, it's a much larger city than Indianapolis and. But like, you know, you also got the thing where you got roads on top of roads. Man, I got confused in that shit way too like I I was losing my mind cuz the you know, the GPS is like turn left on this road. I'm like that road isn't anywhere near here. And then, you know, you t- turn left anyways and you know, f- find out that you were actually supposed to be like, you know, 300 feet above you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Chicago. I mean, sorry, but like, it's just a big, confusing smorgasbord pile of shit. Sorry. <laughs> I, I like Chicago. I just don't ever like want to be the one driving through it. If I could be chauffeured through Chicago, like I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel I'm okay with that. But I also feel terrified too. Like, oh my god, you know, like everybody's just kind of, you know, that one point where everybody gets stuck in traffic and it's like. This oh. is very unnerving, but whatever. Dude, dude, yeah, on in Chicago at like two o'clock in the morning, I have seen cars driving the perpendicular way in, <laughs> in traffic just to take that that first exit so they can get the fuck out. You know, it it's it's wild. And then, yeah. you know, two miles up, it's you know, three lanes closed and one guy with a welder. <laughs> I uh 
but like you know to musically about chicago just like and i said another podcast that like even playing there i just feel like i'm a s- small sperm in a sea oh yeah of sperms and then when i leave i feel very almost defeated because it's like i probably didn't make it single impact in this town of any sort these people just nodded their heads and enjoyed it for a second but we're we're long forgotten you know what i mean it's yeah i don't know how a band would makes it in there it's to me like seems to be the roughest kind of scene ever and they have one i mean they they are a scene itself it's there's always a show places to play a lot of venues absolutely i think with that it seems in general like kind of like the bigger the city it is the the less of uh notice and like draw you know Mm -hmm. you've got the more it seems like you're going to the casino knowing that you're gonna lose like yep (laughs) i i went to the casino for networking Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah but you it's got about, Denny's. You got Denny's to look forward to after that defeat, though. Somewhere, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, depending on what state you're in. I mean, fucking Minnesota only had Perkins for the longest time. Uh-huh. So, you know, I always preferred Steak and Shake if they're still open 24 hours. I don't know if they are because of beastly things. Yeah, oh, that's I, a sh- that's a shame, dude. After my time in Ohio, I became quite fond of Waffle House. So going from Waffle House to Perkins within a matter of like a month and a last minute decision. I think they tore down the Waffle Houses around here. Uh, Is Waffle House a chain though, or is they just call it that? There is like actual Waffle House chain, but I don't think the one that they tore down was chain. Because they'll call something American Pancake, but like I didn't know if like. Oh, that is weird then. I've never been to Waffle House. Holy shit. Then <laughs> if it if it doesn't look like like greasy sixties uh sign on the outside, like yeah. the, it, the like, yellow sign with black letters that say Waffle well, some, House on some the interstates. Dude, some dude we were hanging out with some dude had Waffle House fucking sandals on. I'm like, where the fuck did you get the I don't know why you had them on, but I just thought of that. <laughs> dude, wh- yeah. Any <laughs> like the 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 overnight diner experience, I think, is cathartic for bands. It's a time to regroup, get some fucking food, caffeine, and, you know, most of the time, you know, you're talking about the shit that happened over the night or mm-hmm. whatnot, or, you know, sometimes you just get into straight, like, I'm dying mode, you know, and you've got the guy that's, like, at the table by himself eating crackers and drinking water. You know, <laughs> that'll teach you, man. Yeah, all this talk hey. about food is now making me hungry here at uh, almost eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> mm, it's a great time to eat. I had a peanut butter sandwich and it didn't go well. I don't know why. I feel like I shouldn't be eating peanut butter, but I'm not allergic to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just is it like the like? Do you feel bad for legumes or? no just i feel bloaty i don't know why oh, oh, i mean oh, this is like random that. yeah that, oh okay no fuck that you, you i'm gonna eat them you bound yeah. up your intestines yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. like i feel bad because i feel bad not feel bad as in like i've got something weird going on oh no i don't fuck legumes i'll eat them i don't give a shit 
I always thought that it would be really fun to have like a death metal band that like <laughs> took the approach of food that like Weird Al did with his songs, but like, you know, played with it, you know, like it's actually a song about a bucket of chicken, but it's like, you know, bucket of flesh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure somebody's done it. I feel I'm like sure. I, I the thing that, that troubles me is that I feel like it was a vegan band that did it and it wasn't in jest. I feel like it was, you know, like we we've lost songs that make us laugh about food. I don't know where they went. <laughs> we were talking about like a Christian record store. Like it just made me think about like they had put one in our town in like a parking lot. I don't know. I think it's some sort of trailer that's used for different kind of businesses. And I remember going there thinking, oh yeah, that's my and my uncle like drove me there when I was young. And I was looking at all the metal CDs. I'm like, I do not recognize these bands at all. And the girl was like, Oh, can we help you? I don't I don't think you've ever been to this store. It's all Christian music. And I'm like, my uncle like sat there, didn't know what to do. I I don't know. And then we left because we didn't buy anything. I didn't know how to feel. Yeah, you don't recognize <laughs> I do anything. Not, no. And that the stuff my... that you, you do remotely recognize, it looks like the Wish version. <laughs> like, there's no Slayer here. More like Roman <laughs> Instead Slayer. of Slayer, they have prayer. Prayer. <laughs> prayer. <laughs> I'm like sitting there like, oh, probably Mortification and Tourniquet. They might have been there, but I didn't know. I could have probably bought their shit. I mean, they were good, I heard. I mean, in hindsight, I can I could still fuck with some mortification and mm. like I, I still listen to a lot of uh the Christ Core stuff to this. Wasn't day. Zay isn't Zayo like Christian or at one point? No. A long, long ago. And I think I'm not I think it mm. was more along the lines of like the vocalist at the time because uh he went on to do Symphony in Peril and Symphony in Peril still mm. continues to uh be gospel based. Whereas uh, once they got Dan, their new vocalist, he was more interested in um, more topics and more imagery. Mm. So, um, but yeah, they, oh my gosh, like it, another thing that shows my age is even back then I felt was uh before under oath was the the huge band it was zeo you know everyone knew zeo zeo was like the christian hardcore not sonically slipknot but everyone knew slipknot you know right and and uh it's it is wild to see how their career uh you know all the things that they've done and still continue to go and uh shameless plug i'm really excited i'm actually playing a festival with them this summer at post fest so nice. uh, they were my first indianapolis show at the emerson so and that I was supposed to be their too. last yeah that was supposed to be their last tour so i saw them <laughs> in Warsaw. i saw them worse i'll play a park pavilion when i was nice. in high school it was nice. so random i'm like why the hell would they be here but at the time to me i thought they were like famous so I was yeah. like, why would they play a little shitty park pavilion? Well, that but was I, the other. Yeah. That was what was beautiful about that kind of music, though, is that it was such, it was so important to so many people, but it wasn't like so many people that it became this uh, 
how do I put this? Like it didn't become like an organized club, mm. you know, like you, you know, like there was a different, like, you know, quote unquote paying your dues or whatever, but you know, a lot of the musicians, you know, they're, they're just folks, you know, and mm -hmm. over the years, I am really thankful for the ones that I'd met and the ones that had like taken time to give me advice or hear me out on things. And, um, I think that that is something that is in general missing from music culture is that vulnerability and that down to earth, um, atmosphere. Like, mm -hmm. yes, rock stars and pop stars are obviously, you know, they're cool to have they they're 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 a great aesthetic but and you know they might have some songs on the records that might mean something to someone but it kind of feels like a shame that they may never get to have as many conversations as someone who didn't have as much commercial success but was able to impact a a, a movement or a group of people you know, yep. especially bands like Zayo, where they've been doing it for damn near 30 years at this point, you know, um, and through and just continuing to evolve in, in what they do and how they do it. Right. So, I mean, I, I admire a band that actually goes out and still meets the fans and like hangs out the merch table. And, you know, I met a lot of cool bands I like because of that. And then there's a few I lost respect for when they didn't do it. And it's like, I hope to get here. Why would you do that? I mean, I don't have to feel entitled for anything, but it'd just be nice to, you know, like it, their music meant a lot to me. And if they don't come out, that's a little annoying, just a little bit, you know, some don't yeah. like to be bothered. I get it. They probably on tour and don't feel like mingling. Cause that'll wear you out enough, but I, don't know, I shouldn't take it personally, but you know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's like valid reasons here and there but it really does come down to like i i hate to to say it this bluntly but like <laughs> when when you're gone who else is gonna care you know who else like if you continue to snub people that like what you do you better be putting something out that they can look past mm. um but on the other hand, like, you know, for vocalists, if you've got a vocalist that that doesn't do meet and greets after the show on tours, part of that makes sense because of like, you know, if they're a person that is prone to straining their voice out, mm -hmm. going and talking to folks for the next three hours is not going to be conducive to tomorrow's problem. No, no, that yeah, that's a good example of why they shouldn't. Yeah, but, but like. Even yeah. then, like, you know, it wouldn't kill you to go out wave and, you know, and at the beginning, you know, I think that that's something else is that like bands, you know, watch each other, you know, pump each other up. I'm I'm not the best at like, like being in the crowd and watching the band mm. that I'm playing with, but I do try to keep within like earshot so I can actually hear the music. Right. And, you know, be able to experience, you know, it that way. So, but, you know, I, I've definitely had shows where I'm nearly like blacked out, exhausted, like meatloaf status. That's, that's my goal. I just want to get to the point where I pass out when I'm done. 
Wake me up. Did you say meatloaf status? (laughs) Yeah, meatloaf status. I was like, oh, rest in peace, meatloaf. (laughs) Yes, rest in peace, man. Uh I I, I love meatloaf. Uh, Bad Out of Hell is a perfect fucking record. Um, (laughs) It's so good, and it's so ingenious, and... uh, Anyone? I like the fact that like he was an actor too. Like he'd just show up. And I just like Fight Club. He was also in another movie where like I think he was helping an evangelist. But I'm like, is that meatloaf? What the hell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, he was he was a uh like a like not Broadway, but he did shows and stuff. Mm. And so there was there was a documentary on Bad Out of Hell that if you get a chance to watch it, you should absolutely do it. <laughs> and you know why I liked him? He wasn't a very attractive man. He just did what he did. So that just made him a little more genuine. And he's just a big guy and he didn't give a shit. Yeah. Just go yeah. out there, fucking belt it, lay it all out. Right. If they don't fucking like it, yeah. they can leave. If he they just did didn't like care. It, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of us should take into account. Like it's, it's your art, it's your voice. Mm. You know, you should have some sense of pride in it because you're sharing it you know you wouldn't want to share something shameful (laughs) right so you know there there is that weird line of it and i think that yeah some people get kind of lost in the and the rock star sauce you know (laughs) it's it's very easy to be like man there were so many people out tonight that was so cool man (laughs) They all blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you walk around with your chest puffed out and you, and you think <laughs> like, you know, you're the, the um, God, the fucking norm of this bar, you know? Dude, I don't even feel like that. We still, and I've been playing for a while. And like, even when we had a big show one time and uh, intermingling, well, nobody really noticed me. I just kind of had my hoodie over my head. Not because I just like to mingle, but I also don't like to stand in one place and, you know, I had a few people come up to me and like, you know, I thank them. It's not like I'm being stuck up. and But no, mo- most of the time, I don't like to mingle like with people. I don't know why. It's just like in my head. Well, you know what's going on in my head? I'm like, what the hell did I do wrong? What the hell did I do wrong? Every right, time, right, right. Analyzing the last thing you did. Like, oh, shit, did I screw up that part? You know, always. It never. And like, I wish I could tour. I never had. So it's like, it'd be interesting to like. Of all the things that jump in my head each show, like you know, I've done the weekend warrior thing, but never a full tour. I can't imagine how my like anxious brain would handle that. Like, oh shit, what happened last night? You know, I shut, I shut down and shut it out. Like, I get into like, like definitely like there's you know I'm I may be up till three in the morning trying to shut my brain off, but (laughs) uh. It's a high because even if you didn't do any kind of drinking or drugs, somehow you have a hard time sleeping because of the high, whatever that is. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, the, the fucking adrenaline alone. I mean, uh, yeah, this past weekend, um, I, I get major adrenaline highs from uh, Quick Flower because I'm I'm able to pretty much do whatever the fuck I want because I, I just have a microphone. So I get to do all kinds of ridiculous antics and um you know whether that's crawling up on shit or rolling around huh. you know uh with that um you know it is it is something else though when someone shares with you that they had like 
an emotional moment or an emotional connection somewhere between the start of your set and the end. Mm. And um, I, I don't know, I, I guess because of what music has meant to me, I've always kind of sought to return that favor as much as I could as limited as, you know, what I'm giving you is. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I'm not up there like belting it like Lizzo or anything, but uh, in that, you know, I, there's, there's the moment where, you know, you, you kind of fill in that rock star thing because um, that's your job. That's the one job you need to do for right. 30 minutes. You, that's when you turn into somebody else. You need to be that rock yeah. star. Like you said, you give if you give energy, you get it back. That's the only yeah. way you actually get through to anybody. It's, yeah. Unless you're a coffee house acoustic guy, then you got to sit there, but you know. But even not, then not, there's yeah. like, there's a, there's still a way that you address, you know, like if you think of like, uh frontmen in general like the gambit from um shit we'll say <laughs> corpse grinder all the way to frank sinatra right you know you know those are two wildly different examples but both knew how to engage with a crowd and excite and um keep them captive between right. what he was doing and what and how he was reaching out you know i always think of like you know uh the lounge singers that you know go out with the microphone and uh, and, ha and, and hassle each table you know yeah start singing them yeah that, that kind of reminds me when you mentioned corpse grinder like i was a huge corpse fan back in the day and i seen him like a shitload of times i don't know how many times and then very they, jealous um well you could have came to fort wayne they played but I was going to actually mention the Fort Wayne show because I not seen him in years. I kind of lost touch with them because they went a little, they, they didn't, it wasn't exciting to me anymore what they were doing. I mean, they're still cool, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna check them out. And I just noticed, I don't know if they've always been doing this and maybe I'm spoiled by banter, but like they literally just came out, no intro music, started playing and in between songs there's no band. There's they might have, you know, grinder. Of course, grinder might have talked a little bit, but like, it was like silence. There was no like backup track. Kind of, <laughs> it was so weird. It was just like almost watching like an amateur band up until they started playing. But once they yeah. played, you know, they're flawless. But it was so weird. I was like, is this has this always been this way? And I just didn't give a shit at the time because it was Campbell Corpse. But like, I don't know. I, I it was definitely eye-opening to me because i had not seen him in that long bit and i'm spoiled by bands that have backup tracks going between songs banter and i don't know i think it's the letterbox effect like now that we've got movies in widescreen like or whenever we see something in full screen we're like the fuck is this right you know you get so used to that letterbox of like the the uh, uh, right. Uh, right yep like then, you know right you just because you usually that keeps the the pace going for the show as right. long as there's some kind of form that's like i feel like sister cannibal corpse didn't give a shit and that's fine that's yeah the, the biggest death metal band in the world but it was just interesting to me how 
they did that and i didn't notice it until now <laughs> I think, yeah i think that that like is something that you just see like within like certain um fan bases and certain genres because mm-hmm. There are some, you know, a lot of bands, like when you, if you ask them honestly, like, why did you start, you know, having tracks in between your songs instead of talking or whatever? It's like, cause we didn't want the people to start talking. Like, you know, if, that's if you, true. The, they lose, in, the they more, lose interest. Yeah. They lose the more you treat sleep. it like a movie, the, the, the quieter it is in the crowd. And, uh, you know, but there's still to this day, you know, you're not going and seeing a symposium. And then, you know, there's a a backup track with a, you know, a presentation in between like the pages flipping, you know, Mm, everyone gets up, they do their golf clap, you know, bow, (laughs) you know, but, you know, that obviously you can't do that in a bar setting because depending on who you are and who they are, you might get eaten alive. Right. That's why, again, again. To the corpse thing, I just found that funny that they were literally like a amateur band that, barely speaking, just kind of hanging out until the next song. And I'm like, whatever, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of funny to me. Yeah, I, I definitely, I envy that to be able <laughs> to engage that much because, you know, like with certain other bands, you know, you do that and no one's talking over Meat Hook Sodomy. You know? No, I mean they all scream when he says the name. You know, like no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, I I had a chance to see the uh, Death Cab doing the uh, anniversary at Transatlanticism live, and mm. it's you know it's this incredible record, and you know we find out when they hit the stage, a couple songs in, they're gonna do it. Like holy shit. And I've got some t- two fucking meatheads behind me asking when they're going to play Crooked Teeth. And I'm like, that's not even this record. Well, I feel like this is kind of a funny putt peeve. And I don't, maybe some people do it. I don't like looking at a, a band set list ahead of time. It ruins the magic of what they're bringing to you. But some people are into that. They want to see what songs they're playing. I, I don't, I don't know. I never understood that, honestly. Like, maybe uh, i guess it varies for person to person as far as like yeah. what they want what they're expecting to hear and then what they want to hear yeah because you know band you got jam bands that never play the same thing twice right um but yet they they still got um a lot of people that they expect to hear certain standard songs and those are in there right. um you know but you don't want to be to the point where uh there was a band that we were friends with that incredible musicians great music um their vocalist at the time and this was over 20 years ago he but a cat yes yes (laughs) all right you want to join this conversation all right uh he had the same speeches for each song so it would be these beautiful words, but it would be the same damn words for months on end. Hmm. Every Friday, Saturday kind of a thing, you know? And it got to the point where some people were, you know, able to mouth along the speech and it's like, yee. <laughs> yeah, that, 
I'm assuming, well, I'll just say, like, you should always prepare for a new crowd, but whatever. I'm not the artist. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, I think it just, I don't know. There's, there's so much like music is living and breathing, and the crowd is a living and breathing group of living and breathing organisms, you know? Right. So, so like, I, I don't know how else to, say it other than to prepare your set like a choose your own adventure hmm. you know like having things that yes you know once we get to the the third song there's a heart left into this wall you know or whatever but you know okay depending on how this crowd is we might switch this song for this song or you know we may cut this one completely you know hmm. not due to time but just due to this this gang ain't gonna get it you know um <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's an Antlerhead song that um live for some reason we would always find that we would kind of lose folks and uh, you know I started making the joke like it, you know that's the I gotta go grab another beer song because <laughs> it was later in the set and it had like slower verses and everything and if you do that verse twice then you know people think like oh it's another slow bit for you know 12 bars i need to make sure that i i get another pbr before they they go finish up and do their their wild stuff and get the fuck out of here mm. you know and like you obviously you're not a mind reader but if you're paying attention to your crowd and like really really being intimate with your songs and care about how your music is not only communicated from you but how it's being received and i don't mean in a way of like you change everything you don't change shit but like the way you present you know like obviously i wouldn't go into a hospital screaming that's not a great place right but i don't you know i don't whisper there's a fire everyone evacuate you know like right tornado yeah get down <laughs> come with me if you want to live yeah really literally <laughs> huh so yeah I, I i definitely think that yeah it's like have like bumper guards up for what you're doing have your backing tracks have your uh your interlude set have a have sets ready have things ready but also you know practice things going sideways at practice you know mm -hmm. like if if you're at practice and half of the fucking power goes out in the room you know what fuck it you know whoever's power went out have them try to figure it out see if you can write out the rest of this song <laughs> right you know it's just little things like that you just you know and people being mean, I don't think is a rite of passage. I don't think that that is like where we should cut our teeth. But unfortunately, I think that's where a lot of us have. Um, you know. Yeah, well, it depends on the situation, but I don't think I've had any mean people as far as my, my, my you know, my experience with yeah. it. Or maybe you have, I don't Well, it sounds well, like I, it, you know, and you had like people dogging on your music when it was the same message i'm like yeah i mean you've got that you've got people that you know unplug you but 
<laughs> you know, you, you, yeah, I've, I've definitely had like stuff like that. I've had microphones taken away. Uh, you know, it happens. And right. part, part of it, you know, is and how you react to that. But like, I think just in general, when you you are creating and trying to put music out there that um, we don't stoop to that level mm. of of being intentionally harsh or mean for for unjust cause you know like if you're going to be mad about shit and you're going to call someone an asshole and like let's make sure that it's about some asshole shit you know right. and right. like you know it's like oh they talk bad about me and it's like so fucking what <laughs> like like have you been in a van with you for three days you stink <laughs> right <laughs> so you know sometimes that shit happens but um yeah it, i do just, feel bad for the bands that stink because you know obviously shower access is hard hard, oh my, hard work yeah oh my god i i was told that i needed to shower or i'd get left in minnesota <laughs> so I, I took the the idea of scene trash way too far. I mean, you can go to Walmart and just fucking clean up. It's it's okay, you know. Don't ever shave in a Walmart sink. It is the worst. And I think on that I note, like, bro. Yeah. I'm gonna wrap this one up. It's, we're going yeah. on two hours here, guys. Oh shit! <clears throat> Feel free phone. to edit edit me. No, you, no, right. it's all good. We don't. I don't right. take the time to edit. I'm lazy. All right. <laughs> A lot of well, positive, a lot right. of positives towards yeah. the end. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me out. Yeah. What we've been doing is whoever comes on the show, we've been taking their song, like one of their newest releases, and we play it at the end of the episode. So I think I messaged you earlier. If there's anything you want us to include, just go ahead and email it over yeah. and I'll add it to the end of the episode. But if you have a specific song in mind, you want to go ahead and tell them where, what it is and where they can check you guys out at. Yeah. Um, so uh on all socials you can find antlerhead at antlerhead music um even antlerheadmusic.com uh for quick flower it's at quick flower band and uh i think the song i'm gonna send you guys tonight is uh uh one that i did a while ago that it's just me um song called heart of wood probably gonna do some more solo stuff in in the future now that I've got some better recording stuff and back in music regularly. So, um, yeah, this one's called Heart of Wood. Nice. Awesome. Well, Tim, definitely appreciate you coming on and talking with us tonight. It's uh, good to reminisce about some of the old days. And it wasn't all bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Anyone out there still listening? (laughs) You guys are troopers. A lot of these episodes have gone really long that we've been noticing, but once you guys start talking, it's hard to not listen. Yeah. So definitely appreciate (laughs) anyone out there that would like to be a part of this podcast. If you want to be on a future episode of dark side of the scene, you can send an email to Brandon at dark side of the scene.com and we will get you scheduled right now. Whenever this one releases probably in a few weeks, like Ed and I talked about earlier, we're booked out for almost like six weeks already. So Ooh. it's uh, 
it got really, really intense for a second. Like everyone wanted to come on the show before it was even released. So we're got a lot of positivity going on here with the scheduling. So let's hope it continues that way. Yeah. So now that it's been released and free for people to listen to, now they're going to be like, no, I don't want to be on that fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that egg guy. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Fuck them. But yeah. Definitely appreciate coming See out guys. and talking with us yeah. tonight. Absolutely. Have a good night. Yep, you too. you